Well, hello and welcome to Pathway. Uh, if you're new to Pathway, my name is Ben Marshall and I'm the youth pastor here. And uh, I just want to extend my greeting to you, uh, not just you here in the room, but also this service gets streamed to different places. Like we've got our venue, we've got our moon campus, so hello to you. Uh, you can watch it on, on YouTube later in the week. We also have a uh, podcast that you can listen to, just the audio of. Uh, so hello to everybody listening and watching and, and, and all of that. Uh, but today is going to be kind of a, a different sort of sermon uh, than I normally preach. And so I'm a little bit nervous about it, um, a little bit excited about it, but uh, I'm going to need a little bit of, of grace from you, but also a little bit of, of energy and excitement, okay? Because <clears throat> you'll find out why. But at the beginning of this series, we're in a series called Psalms, a, a soundtrack of our lives. And at the beginning of this series, it was two weeks ago, Pastor Jeff gave you a warning about today. That warning was Psalm 119 is coming. So I hope you brought your snacks. Okay, that is what today is going to be. We, get to, we have the privilege of diving into Psalm 119. If you're new to the Bible or, or new to church and you're not sure, okay, Psalm 119, what is that? Well, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. It's got 176 verses. It's a little bit lengthy. Yes, it's the longest chapter. Yes, it takes a while to read through. The authorship is not recorded in the psalm. It doesn't tell, hey, this is a, a psalm written by this person. But some contextual clues and, and things like that kind of give rise to, to many scholars thinking that King David also penned this psalm. And you're going to see some, some similar language from other psalms that's used in this psalm that, that kind of gives us some confidence that King David is the author of this psalm. And it may be really long, but it's also one of the, the richest chapters of the Bible that we could jump into. If I'm honest, when I was a kid growing up, I, I avoided Psalm 119. I knew about it, but it was an infamous psalm in my mind where I didn't want to go there because it was so long. I was like, man, once I get in, I'm never going to get out. And so I, I was a little bit intimidated by it. If I'm honest, I'm also a little bit intimidated of how in the world we're going to fit this into a one-week sermon. But you guys have a couple hours, right? Okay, just want to make sure. Uh, but we've been going through this psalm, actually, in our Sunday morning group with our middle school and high schoolers. And uh, we have taken it in an eight-verse section at a time. And if you look at the psalm, it's split up in these eight-verse sections. And what it does is it's an alphabetic psalm or alphabetical psalm, and each eight-verse section takes one word or one letter from the Hebrew alphabet, and every verse in that section begins with that letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So it goes through 22 eight-verse sections. We're not going to have time, again, to, to dive deep into all of those today, but we're going to do what we can to, to work through it. And you might be wondering, what in the world are you holding in your hand, Ben? And I'm glad you asked. This is called what? Anybody know? A kaleidoscope. Yes, when you look in the end, what do you see? Right? Some different beads and colors. You guys can maybe kind of see these right here. There's a, a few different beads in here. I try to count them. There's about 20 beads in here. But when you put your eye in, there's a, a ton of different combinations that come just from a, a few different beads in there. And C.H. Spurgeon said this about, specifically about Psalm 119, because we're going to see kind of a, a repeated pattern in Psalm 119. But he said this. He said, some have said this psalm lacks variety. But that is merely the observation of those who have not studied it. I have weighed each word. I've looked at each syllable with extended meditation. And I bear witness that this sacred song has no redundancy in it, but is charmingly varied from beginning to end. 
Its variety is like that of a kaleidoscope. From a few objects, innumerable variations and combinations are produced. What you see is the same, yet never the same. It is the same truth, but it is always placed in a new light or connection, or in some way or other infused with freshness. So I brought this because what I want you to do is, as we read, I want you to look at that kaleidoscope. Just when you find yourself start to, to get a little bit distracted, when you find yourself thinking like, haven't we already read this part? You're like, look at the kaleidoscope. Because it's going to be a good visual reminder that though it may sound similar, we're seeing an aspect or, or a facet of Scripture in a new and fresh light as the psalmist brings it to our attention. We enter this psalm and we see that, that David is going to be enamored with the Word of God. He, he is so in love with it. He uses many different words to describe the Bible. He uses uh, the Word. He uses law. He uses law of the Lord, commands, commandments, testimonies, precepts, statutes, righteous rules, rules, promises, ways, judgments. Ooh, excuse me, judgments. He uses many different words to describe the Word of God. There are actually very few verses of these 176 that don't have an explicit reference to the Word of God. C.S. Lewis compared it to a, a piece of embroidery done stitch by stitch in the quiet hours just for the love of the subject and for the delight in leisurely disciplined craftsmanship. So yes, we are going to read all 176 verses of this psalm. But before we get there, I'm going to give you your two points so that we can just write them down, get them out of the way, we can hear them, and then we can move on and get into the meat of the Word of God, where we can saturate ourselves in the Word. So we're going to focus in on two particular verses from Psalm 119. They are verses 11 and verse 2. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119 and verse 2 says, Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their hearts. Now, obviously you see chronologically that verse 11 comes after verse 2, but for the sake of our title, which is hide and seek, we had to switch them around a little bit so that we have hide God's word in your heart and then seek him with all your heart, which are your two main points. The first one is hide God's word in your heart, from Psalm 119, 11. Hide God's word in your heart. If you have your pathway notes, you can write that down. If you've got a notebook, that, that's our first point here, is to hide God's word in your heart, in your heart. You're going to notice that these points are, are just painfully obvious, okay? There's a reason that they're painfully obvious, because they come straight from the text. And yet, even though they're painfully obvious, they're also painfully challenging to actually apply to our lives, to actually hide God's word in our hearts. It's not just memorizing scripture. That's a very important aspect of it because let's say maybe you're somewhere and you don't have a Bible with you and your phone doesn't have service, so you don't have your Bible app. What are you going to do? How have you hidden God's word in your heart? Have you memorized scripture so that you know it, so that it's something that, that comes out of you because it's been written on your heart? So that when a temptation comes, you've hidden God's word in your heart in such a way that you can quote scripture to that temptation and you won't give in to sin. I've hidden God's word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So hide God's word in your heart. It's a complete holistic way of living in obedience to God's word. It is supremely challenging for someone who has been saturated in the word of God to live a life of sin. They're just exclusive. You can't be saturated in the Word of God and be living in continual sin. 
There are two elements of hiding God's word in your heart. These are kind of the subpoints underneath. You have to know it and obey it. In order to hide God's word in your heart, you have to know it and you have to obey it. You can't hide God's word if you don't know what it says. You can't hide God's word if you've not read the word of God. You need to know what the Bible says. So that means you need to be a student of it. That means you need to be opening it on your own. You need to be reading it and, and consuming it so that it is something that you can know and hide in your heart. But simply knowing it is not enough. There are things that we know but don't act upon. I know that my car makes a funny noise when I'm driving it, but I don't act upon it, and then it leads to worse things. Right? When we, know, we can know things and not act upon it, and, and it leads to, to something not so great. And so if we just know the Bible, okay, that's a good start. But if we don't do what it says, then nothing really changes. So we need to know it, and we need to obey it. We need to know the Word of God so we can hide it in our hearts. But then the act of not sinning against Him is only possible as we obey what we know. Only possible as we obey the Word of God that we have known and studied and read. So we need to know it and obey it. And again, that's what Psalm 119.2 says at the beginning of it. Blessed are those who keep his statutes or obey his word. So again, point one is hide God's word in your heart. You need to know it and obey it. The second point is seek him with all your heart. Again, comes from Psalm 119 and verse 2. It says, blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their hearts. The Psalms speak often about this, this blessed person, this happy person, and how to be that kind of person. The, the person who seeks God with all their heart and obeys him is the one who enjoys the blessed life that the Psalms talks about. Again, in week one, we, we looked at Psalm 1 and how the blessed person is one who meditates on the law of the Lord, and he delights on it day and night. He meditates on it and delights in it, and that person is the blessed person. Psalm 119, we're going to see that David is one who knows the word of God, who meditates on it, and delights in it. So again, the person who seeks God with all their heart and obeys him is one who enjoys this blessed life. It doesn't mean that the life is all of a sudden like sunshine and rainbows. It doesn't take away the hardship of life, but it, it gives you the ability to get through it in a way that, that brings glory and honor to the Lord, that brings perspective and understanding. It brings joy in, in the midst of hardship. It brings peace in the midst of the storm. It brings calm in, in the chaos knowing the word of God and obeying and seeking him with all your heart. So how is it that you can seek God with all your heart? Again, painfully simple words, but painfully challenging to live out. Hold nothing back. That's it. Hold nothing back. Honestly, you can't hide anything from God anyway, so why try? Right? Sometimes we kind of get it in our minds like, like we're going to keep, keep a part hidden or, or not, not confess something or not bring it out into the light, but listen, God already knows about it. So hold nothing back. Be, be all in with him. Surrender yourself to him because he already knows. But he invites you to confess. He invites you to share because he's our loving father. Because there's something freeing in us that, that happens when, when we go to him and confess and share with him what's on our heart. The, the weight that we've been carrying or, or the sin that we've been hiding, whatever it might be, sharing it with our heavenly father. It, it does something in us and to us as we share it with him, even though he already knew about it. We need to hold nothing back. God calls us to a, a wholehearted life of following after him, seeking him with all of our hearts and, and holding nothing back. 
So again, we're going to see how Psalm 119 is evidence of somebody whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And as we read it, remember the kaleidoscope. Remember that it may sound similar to what we've already read, but it's coming at it from a a different angle, a different perspective. We see a different facet of the diamond of God's word. And just to to warn you, this message is all about the Word of God. Psalm 119 is just filled, absolutely wonderfully filled with a deep love of the Bible. King David is enamored with it. He can't get away from it. He can't get enough of it. He can't consume enough of it. But that's not where everyone is. Not all of us have that feeling toward the Word of God. We have varying perspectives, varying understandings of the Word of God. Some of us look to it as King David does, and we're enamored with it, and we can't get enough of it, and we consume it. Others of us us have heard of the Bible, have maybe read a little bit here and there, or maybe know some memory verses, but aren't very familiar with it. It hasn't captured your heart or your attention. Still others, you know that you should read the Bible more right? I won't ask for a show of hands, but, but all of us kind of, if there's any message about the Word of God or any message about prayer, it's like, oh man, yep, I need to do that more. Okay, I'm going to do that this week, right? And then we start to get legalistic about it, and then you miss one day, and you're like, oh man, here we go again, back in the pattern of not reading the Bible. Like, calm down, it's okay, right? I want to invite you to, to look in, in a new and fresh way at the Word of God, to look at it not, not out of duty, but out of delight, to look at it out of relationship with your heavenly Father, with the the Creator God. The Barna Group and the American Bible Society did a study in 2020 looking at Bible engagement, just just kind of bringing it into perspective where different people are as they think about reading the Bible and engaging with it. So when asked how often the participant personally read the Bible on their own, that is when not attending church services, here are the stats. Only 9% said they read it every day. 3% said they read the Bible four or more times a week. 10% said they read it several times. And 9% said they read it once a week. 9% said they read the Bible once a month. 8% said they read it three or four times a year. 11% said they read the scriptures once a year. And 34% say they never read the Bible. So there are mixed views of scripture. Some trust it, some don't. Some believe it's an ancient book that that holds some some helpful principles of life. Others believe it's the authoritative word of God. That's where I land. That's where we here at Pathway land. That that is the authoritative word of God that guides us and directs us, that that shows us these truths of who God is and how he interacts with his people and the the truth about Jesus Christ, the, the greatest gift that we've ever been given. So wherever you come from, that's fine. I'm I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you get to hear the the love that King David has for the Word of God. Because it is something that that as we read, you can't help but kind of get caught up in. But our attitude does matter as we approach the Word of God. We we can't come to the Word of God and and approach it in an arrogant light, thinking like, I know all the answers. Thinking that I'm wiser or more enlightened or more modern than, than God is, and this is an ancient book, so like, I know better. Right? If we approach the Word of God in that way, it's not going to be helpful. We need to be careful in how we approach the Word of God. We need to approach it in humility and openness to what God would have for us, knowing that He is the Creator, knowing that He is the sustainer of all of life. 
knowing that God's way is the better way. So we're going to approach this, again, not out of duty, but out of delight. Delight in the law of the Lord. We're going to saturate our minds, our hearts, and our ears with the word of God today. So here we go. Psalm 119, if you're not already there, you can turn there. Uh, The scripture is not going to appear on the screen just because there's 176 verses, and we love our sound team and don't want to put them through that. So we're going to read it. I would invite you to to get out a Bible, whether it's on a a smart device or a physical uh, Bible. You're going to want to follow along. Here we go. Psalm 119, verse 1. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless. Do you already feel the similarity, Psalm 1? Because it starts in a very similar way. Okay, I'm sorry. I won't interrupt. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Be good to your servant while I live, that I may obey your word. Open my eyes, that I may see wonderful things in your law. I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. You rebuke the arrogant who are accursed, those who stray from your commands. Remove from me their scorn and contempt, for I keep your statutes. Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. I gave an account of my ways, and you answered me. Teach me your decrees. Cause me to understand the way of your precepts, that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. I hold fast to your statutes, Lord. Do not let me be put to shame. I run in the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding. Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding, so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. 
Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart toward your statutes and not toward selfish gain. Turn my eyes from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Fulfill your promises to your servant, so that you may be feared. Take away the disgrace that I dread, for your laws are good. How I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, preserve my life. May your unfailing love come to me, Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then I can answer anyone who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Never take your word of truth from my mouth, for I've put my hope in your laws. I will always obey your law forever and ever. I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. I will speak of your statutes before kings and will not be put to shame, for I delight in your commands because I love them. I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your decrees. Remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. The arrogant mock me unmercifully, but I do not turn from your law. I remember, Lord, your ancient laws, and I find comfort in them. Indignation grips me because of the wicked, who have forsaken your law. Your decrees are the theme of my song wherever I lodge. In the night, Lord, I remember your name, that I may keep your law. This has been my practice. I obey your precepts. You are my portion, Lord, and I have promised to obey your words. I have sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Though the wicked bind me with ropes, I will not forget your law. At midnight I rise to give you thanks for your righteous laws. I am a friend to all who fear you, to all who follow your precepts. The earth is filled with your love, Lord. Teach me your decrees. Do good to your servant according to your word, Lord. Teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I trust your commands. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. Though the arrogant have smeared me with lies, I keep your precepts with all my heart. Their hearts are callous and unfeeling, but I delight in your law. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. The law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. Your hands made me and formed me. Give me understanding to learn your commands. May those who fear you rejoice when they see me, for I have put my hope in your word. I know, Lord, that your laws are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. May your unfailing love be my comfort according to your promise to your servant. Let your compassion come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. May the arrogant be put to shame for wronging me without cause, but I will meditate on your precepts. May those who fear you turn to me, those who understand your statutes. 
May I wholeheartedly follow your decrees that I may not be put to shame. My soul faints with longing for your salvation, but I've put my hope in your word. My eyes fail looking for your promise. I say, when will you comfort me? Though I am like a wineskin in the smoke, I do not forget your decrees. How long must your servant wait? When will you punish my persecutors? The arrogant dig pits to trap me, contrary to your law. All your commands are trustworthy. Help me, for I am being persecuted without cause. They almost wiped me from the earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. In your unfailing love, preserve my life, that I may obey the statutes of your mouth. We've made it halfway. We've made it through the first 11 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. We've made it through 88 verses. Remember the kaleidoscope. He said a lot of the same things. And yet every time there's, there's a freshness and a newness to what he says. I find myself, even as I'm reading right now, I just want to stop and just like wait in a verse and sit there for a minute because I know there are some verses in here that are speaking to you. And you heard one, and you're like, oh man, I got to make sure I circle that one or highlight it because, wow, I needed that. Let's continue on. Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You established the earth, and it endures. Your laws endure to this day, for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. I have sought out your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will ponder your statutes. To all perfection I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. I hate double-minded people, but I love your law. You are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word. Away from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commands of my God. 
Sustain me, my God, according to your promise, and I will live. Do not let my hopes be dashed. Uphold me, and I will be delivered. I will always have regard for your decrees. You reject all who stray from your decrees, for their delusions come to nothing. All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross. Therefore, I love your statutes. My flesh trembles in fear of you. I stand in awe of your laws. I have done what is righteous and just. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Ensure your servant's well-being. Do not let the arrogant oppress me. My eyes fail, looking for your salvation, looking for your righteous promise. Deal with your servant according to your love and teach me your decrees. I am your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. It is time for you to act, Lord. Your law is being broken because I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold, and because I consider all your precepts right. I hate every wrong path. Your statutes are wonderful, therefore I obey them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pants, longing for your commands. Turn to me and have mercy on me, as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Redeem me from human oppression, that I may obey your precepts. Make your face shine on your servants, and teach me your decrees. Streams of tears flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed. You are righteous, Lord, and your laws are right. The statutes you have laid down are righteous. They are fully trustworthy. My zeal wears me out, for my enemies ignore your words. Your promises have been thoroughly tested, and your servant loves them. Though I am lowly and despised, I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is everlasting, and your law is true. Trouble and distress have come upon me, but your commands give me delight. Your statutes are always righteous. Give me understanding that I may live. I call with all my heart. Answer me, Lord, and I will obey your decrees. I call out to you, save me, and I will keep your statutes. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. Hear my voice in accordance with your love. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your laws. Those who devise wicked schemes are near, but they are far from your law. Yet you are near, Lord, and all your commands are true. Long ago I learned from your statutes that you established them to last forever. Look on my suffering and deliver me, for I have not forgotten your law. Defend my cause and redeem me. Preserve my life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek out your decrees. Your compassion, Lord, is great. Preserve my life according to your laws. Many are the foes who persecute me, but I have not turned from your statutes. I look on the faithless with loathing, for they do not obey your word. See how I love your precepts. Preserve my life, Lord, in accordance with your love. All your words are true.
all your righteous laws are eternal. Rulers persecute me without cause, but my heart trembles at your word. I rejoice in your promise like one who finds great spoil. I hate and detest falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous laws. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. I wait for your salvation, Lord, and I follow your commands. I obey your statutes, for I love them greatly. I obey your precepts and your statutes, for all my ways are known to you. May my cry come before you, Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. May my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your promise. May my lips overflow with praise, for you teach me your decrees. May my tongue sing of your word, for all your commands are righteous. May your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, Lord, and your law gives me delight. Let me live that I may praise you, and may your laws sustain me. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. One Bible commentator wrote after this psalm, he who wrote this wonderful song was saturated with those books of scripture that he possessed. David only had access to a few books of the Bible at this time. He didn't have access to the New Testament. We kind of gravitate towards, you know, the, the New Testament and, and Paul's epistles and, and some of those things because that's kind of like we understand them a little bit more. It's kind of more applicable to where we are. David's love for the Word of God, he didn't even have Paul's letters yet. And, and he was just absolutely in love with it. The cry of his heart, the desire of his heart was to know God through his Word. So again, he who wrote this wonderful song was saturated with those books of Scripture that he possessed. And I think that, that the one who is, is saturated with Scripture in that way, it, it changes your entire life. I wrote some examples. Just, it, it makes you a, a more patient parent. It makes you a more gracious friend. It makes you a more compassionate leader, a more understanding human being a more loving son or daughter. It makes you a harder worker, a better employer, a more caring driver, an athlete with better sportsmanship, a better student. Whatever context you find yourself in, it enhances your ability to be in that context and, and shine the light of God's glory wherever you go as you are saturated with the Word of God. So may we saturate our lives with the Word of God. And I know that all of us have excuses, right? Life gets busy. We, we don't have the time for it. Or maybe we feel like we don't have the time for it. But if we're really honest, we have time for things that don't matter as much as the Word of God. We have time for some meaningless activities in our lives. So we certainly have the time to spend in the Word of God, to saturate ourselves with it. 
I would go so far as to say you don't have the time to not saturate yourselves with the Word of God because the time that you do have is going to be so, so much richer and, and deeper and better spent because you have been saturated in the Word of God. Another excuse at times is sometimes the Bible is hard to understand. It's hard to, to get a grasp of, especially some of those Old Testament passages are hard to understand at times. But it's just like anything. It takes time to understand. It takes wisdom to, to discern what the Word of God means in some of the contexts. You didn't instantly become an expert in anything. Except like when you're born, you're an instant expert at like knowing that you needed food and crying about it, right? Like there, there are things that you're born with, but you're not an expert in anything when you start out. It takes time to learn. It takes time to study. It takes time to practice. It takes time to get better. And so the same thing with the Word of God. You don't just jump into it and immediately understand everything that's written there. Because some things require contextual uh, understanding and further study of historical context and some of that kind of stuff in order to understand why these things are the way that they are, why uh, certain things are happening and some of that stuff. It does require additional study. So you're right. You may not understand it at the very beginning. Hey, there are things I don't understand about the Bible, and I'm a pastor. So, you know, there's some, there's some okay things with that. Like, it, it's okay to not know something, but then, like, go try to figure it out. Don't just be like, ah, I don't, I don't understand it, and just leave it. Because you need the Word of God in your life. You need it to, to be saturated into your life. So don't let I don't understand be the excuse that, that keeps you from the blessing of God's Word in your life. And maybe you're one of those that, that maybe you just don't care about the Bible. Maybe you're just like, like, yeah, I could take it or leave it. Like, not really that big a deal. I would challenge you to just take like, like a 30-day challenge and just read the Bible every day. Not with a, a skeptic's eye, not with a, a, a heart just turned away from it already, but enter into that just like, okay, God, if this is real, if this is true, help me understand it. Speak to me. And read with an open heart. Read with an open mind. Just for the next 30 days. Like, you know, if it doesn't work, like, if you, you know, you only spent 30 days of it. But my, my pushback to you is if you, you think the Word of God doesn't really matter for your life, my, my challenge would be, I don't know if you've really given it a shot. I don't know if you've really entered in with, with an open mind and heart to, to hear what God has to speak to you. So if that's you, come talk to me after, and I'll tell you, like, great places to start. Like, the book of John is a great place to start. Uh, you can look it up in a table of contents in a Bible. Start with the, the Gospel of John. It's a great place to begin, and just read it for the next 30 days. The Word of God is one of the, the greatest gifts that, that we have ever been given. Through the Word of God is how we actually come to know of the greatest gift that we've ever been given, and that is Jesus Christ, God's Son, whom He sent to die on a cross for our sins, to pay the price for our sins. That by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, we could come into a relationship with God. We could be at peace with him. Like this is what the Bible communicates to us and tells us all about this amazing gift that we have been given. This relationship with God that be begins when you put your faith in him and, and continues on forever. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's you and that's me. Every single one of us is a sinner. We're, we're born in sin. And because of that, God in his holiness, th there needs to be something that, that, that pays the, the price, that, that, that bridges the gap between us and God. And that's who Jesus is. That's what Jesus did. The, the payment for sin 
uh, is separation from God, but there's this gift that God gives. So Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what Jesus came to do, is to bring us into relationship with God. How do we enter that relationship? Well, the gift has been extended, and we have to receive it. Romans 10.9 tells us that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's not the words that save you, but it is, it's that declaration, that belief that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, was buried in a tomb, and God raised him from the dead three days later, conquering sin, conquering death, conquering hell, doing all of that so that you could walk in peace with God and have a relationship with him as your heavenly father, with Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. So if you've never done that, again, I would encourage you to, to come talk to me afterwards, and I would love to talk to you more about what it looks like to, to become a follower of Jesus. And after you do that, then you get to enter into this wonder of the Word of God and get to see and experience Him through His Word and and develop this this love for it like King David had. My prayer for for each of you and, and for myself is that we would grow in our delight in the Word of God, that we would consume it, that we would be students of it, that we would hide it in our hearts, that we would know it and obey it, that we would seek God with all our heart. It sounds simple, but we know it's not as simple as it sounds. It is a challenge each and every day, but I just want to encourage you, keep going at it. Keep pursuing Him. Keep seeking. Keep studying. Keep obeying. Because knowing the Word of God and obeying it is the way to live this this blessed kind of life that God talks about and God offers to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you that that we got to read so much of your word here together. We know that that reading your word aloud, there's a power and an impact to it. So God, I look forward to to hearing about what your word is already working in the hearts and minds of those who are listening. God, I pray you would continue to open our hearts and minds to your word, that we would consume it, that we would be saturated with your word every day of our lives, that we would know it and obey it. Father, again, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for your word. In your name we pray. Amen. What steps can you take to grow in this challenge to hide God's word in your heart this week? Do you need to set an alarm on your phone, leave a note on your bathroom mirror? Maybe you want to grab a partner and learn together. Whatever you choose to do, I hope you'll grow in both your knowledge of the word of God and your desire for it in your life. Thanks for being with us for worship today, and we'll see you right back here next Sunday.